at Alina Health. We care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. Opioids are medications prescribed to relieve a person's pain. Unfortunately, prescription drug abuse is on the rise, and opioids are being used for non-medical purposes across the U.S. by men and women of all ages. But if you are suffering from chronic pain, what are you to do? My guest today is Dr. Matthew Monsine. He's a physician specializing in chronic pain management with the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. Dr. Monsine, welcome to the show. So what's going on with opioids today, and why are so many people choosing this as their first method for pain? Use of opiates in the United States has grown dramatically over the past 20 years, and there are a number of reasons for that. Uh, Certainly the uh, pharmaceutical companies have marketed it very heavily and initially tried to present opiate therapy for non-cancer-related pain as a panacea and as a cure. What we found out fairly quickly was that that's not the case, that many patients take these medications. Even if they don't become addicted, they do develop a tolerance. They become physically dependent, meaning that when they're not taking these medicines, they start withdrawing. And we also found that for many patients, the medications can actually intensify their pain through this It's a phenomenon called hyperalgesia, where narcotic pain medications can actually make people's pain worse. Now, there's a certain small percentage... uh, because there are literally millions of people that are taking these medications, or hundreds of thousands, but in the United States, every year, about 15,000 patients or individuals, some of them are being prescribed opiates by their physicians, others are taking these drugs, they're getting them illicitly, but they overdose and they die from these drugs. And so I think there's, there's a, there were that pe- the physicians in the medical community and the federal government were beginning to look very carefully at whether prescribing opiates for the treatment of non-cancer pain is really in our patient's best interest. And, uh, you know, for myself, I've been involved with pain rehabilitation for, for over 30 years. And our whole focus has been to try to help patients who are on opioids uh, taper off of them and to try and find other ways to manage their chronic pain. There's so many avenues to discuss here, Dr. Monsina. Are there certain factors that make a person more susceptible to addiction on these opioids than others? There are certain factors that we believe can make people at a higher risk for, for becoming truly addicted. A, a history of chemical dependency, either to alcohol or other medications, cocaine, methamphetamines, is a risk factor. Family history for chemical dependency is a risk factor. Um, psychosocial support can be a risk factor. Age is a risk factor. Younger people are more at risk for developing, becoming addicted. Uh, so there are, there are those genetic factors and, and, and psychosocial factors that would predispose people to becoming addicted. Anyone, though, this is, I think, very important. Anyone, I don't care if it's me, you, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, anyone, anybody uh, who takes opiates will physiologically develop a physical dependence on the medication because that's how it works, meaning that even Uh, Even if you're taking it for all the right reasons, your body and your brain becomes habituated to that medication. So are there considerations or monitors that are put in place when a person is prescribed a drug classified as potentially addictive, like OxyContin or some of these others? And and because the pharmacist, you can't even call in a prescription for this. It must be walked in. And how do they regulate this? 
Well, the federal government and the state governments are trying to regulate. They they do regulate this, and they've been regulated for many years, and and the, and the restrictions have gotten tighter. So there are certain drugs that are considered to be what they call class two drugs, and those include the ones that you just mentioned, and you cannot call those medications in. There is a medication called Vicodin or hydrocodone that was a class three drug for many years, so you could call in prescriptions for that. That was probably the number one opiate that was being abused in this country. That's no longer a class three drug. You need the hard copy. There are uh, um, each state uh, and, and the federal government are publishing guidelines about the use of opiates. The Center for Disease Control, for example, just put out new guidelines recommending limited use of opiates for post-surgical pain, uh, limiting the uh, amount of opioid that a person should be taking on a daily basis if they're taking it for chronic pain. Um, the, state, the State Board of Medical Examiners uh, for individual states are also looking at this to try to minimize the risk for addiction, abuse, uh, overdose, death, uh, and uh, but it's a it's a daunting problem. So, how do we recognize in a loved one if they have been suffering from chronic pain and they've been put on an opiate? Then you know they say, "Well, it helps me," and of course, you don't want to argue with them about their pain. But how, how do you recognize it? And then, what a course of action to take? Because, as you mentioned, it can oversensitize those nerves anyway and make them more susceptible to pain. So, do you treat it as an addiction, like cocaine or alcoholism? What do you do? This is a very complicated question and a difficult issue to answer in a few words. But let me try. So, I think. If you have a loved one who's on opiates for chronic pain, I think you you know you do need to look at how are they responding. Are they you know are they back to work? Are they involved with life? Are their functional activities increasing, or are they just saying what well, helps my pain? But the individual is becoming more socially isolated. They're sleeping more. Um, they've lost interest in in, in other uh, family issues, and they're just not able to function the way that they had uh, prior to starting that type of therapy. Uh, I think there, there are also patients who are on opiates who truly have the diagnosis of, if you want to will, uh, substance abuse. They, they truly are addicted to these medications. And for those patients uh, who have a diagnosis of substance abuse, um, there are medications, uh, the ones that we hear most about are methadone and suboxone, to treat addiction because patients that try to take get off of opiates that are truly addicted to them, oftentimes fail. But there is also, I think, a large subgroup of individuals who have, uh, who are on opiates for chronic pain, who don't have a lot of the risk factors for substance abuse, who have developed a physical dependency, but who, who are successful, who can be successful in slowly tapering off of those opiates and not relying on them to try to treat their chronic pain. There are a number of uh, pain rehabilitation programs who focus on that type of approach to try to help individuals um, wean off of opiates. And the interesting phenomena is is that patients that are successful not infrequently will report that their pain certainly is no worse when they're off the narcotic, but they actually have less pain once once the opiates are out of their system and they have uh, enough time for their brain, if you will, to re-equilibrate to to its normal or homeostatic uh, state. So what's your best advice in this last couple of minutes for people who have chronic pain, managing that chronic pain without the use of opiates, and, and what do you want the public to know about this abuse and misuse of them? Uh, I, the first thing that I want people to understand is that if you look at the chemical structure of most of the opiates, they're very similar to heroin, and that 
you know, these drugs, I mean, they have a lot of good benefits. That's why we use opiates. They're the strongest, best painkillers. We use them a lot for acute post-surgical pain uh, in the hospital for surgery. They're, they, they're, they can make people who have cancer uh, and are dying from cancer, it can improve the quality of their lives. But these are very powerful drugs, and they, they will hijack people's brains. That's just the nature of how these medications work. And so that I would encourage patients or individuals who have chronic pain to try to look at other alternatives for managing and dealing with their long-term pain issues. And there are lots of different alternatives, including non-addicting medications and other lifestyle changes, including uh, things like exercise, relaxation training, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, physical therapy, um, that, that can be very effective in helping people deal with pain. And so it's not that that opiates are, they're not good or bad. They could be potentially dangerous, but they have to be, uh, like any potentially lethal substance, they have to be approached very carefully. Really, really important information, Dr. Monsignor, and such great advice, something people really need to hear about. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.